brief, oh, I'll briefly touch on, Sandy, that when I was researching for this show, you've done a, quite a bit of TV, like you said, with commentating, but also you've held some world records. Now, I know you were on a TV show called You Bet, and I saw you went round and you had a circle of swords and you were kicking apples off these swords, and you did it, I remember. And that was quite something back then. And the swords were a lot higher you, compared to your height. There was, I think the last one was twice as high as all the rest, something like that. But also with world records, did, you went, did you, and I got this right, press up world records. Is that right? Because I remember seeing an attempt, and it, normally you watch a world record and they have the Guinness World Record TV program, record breakers oh, that yeah, used to be yeah. on. And that program... They'd have a 60-second clip and they'd show somebody's world record. And with yours, it was like time-lapsed over two days while you did your press-ups or something because it went on for that long. It was hours and hours, wasn't it? Um, well, it was actually an hour. Um, there was a programme. I went on a, a, a Channel 5 documentary. Uh, yep. I was very honoured to be on that. And I see, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah it I remember. Called, uh, quite, funnily, Small Angry Men was the title. Right. And what it was, the, the TV company contacted me, saying, we're looking for people that are physically... Um, sorry. Um... Let's say um, vertically challenged. Right. Okay. I'm I'm not very tall. I'm like just about five foot six. And they were looking for people, you know, around five and a half foot and below, which is I just sort of fit into the category. Mm -hmm. And they contacted me and they said, um, you know, we're looking for people that are vertically challenged that has made them angry because small angry man syndrome, as people call it, you know, like small dog syndrome. Yeah. Same, same with the men, uh, isn't it? Or Napoleon complex, they uh, call they, it yeah. as well, don't they? Yeah. 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 So, you know, they said, um, you know, we believe you do tie boxing, blah, blah, blah. So you must be angry type of thing. And I said, well, actually, no, I'm not angry. No, exactly. I'm the opposite. Mm. So it fit in. It didn't fit with what they wanted, but because the, the, when they, they sent a guy up, a researcher came up and did a little video and followed me around Bolton for a, for a few days uh, doing little bits of snippets. They, they found it quite interesting, the fact that um, I'd turned something that was, you know, the bullying thing and, you know, from being very angry about that, you know, yeah. into, into channeling it into something mm -hmm. positive. And they tried everything to try and get me to be angry. Um, because they had these two other guys on it. One was an ex-military guy who, who had a set up a meeting thing in his in his <laughs> in his second room with his wife, and his wife had to do exactly what it. It was like a, a, an office where she uh, they both worked together selling double glazing, I think. And um, he set it up it was very military, and it was like a, you know they had the the, the air board up, and yeah. he's going right. You need to do this, and he was door to door selling double glazing with his wife, and he, he had a, he had meetings with his wife every day, <laughs> and it was quite funny how he did it. And we, he got angry at like you know well, we must do this, and he was like dead angry, and you know stamping his feet. And uh, then the other guy was um a, a, I don't know if you can say that can you say a dwarf or a midget? I'm not sure, but he was the smallest guy, yeah. and he he <laughs> he did angry poems. And yeah. he's swearing and he was like cussing and doing all these things. But his, it was his outlet. Yeah. Because he got sick of being called, you know, a dwarf and, and, a, and a midget and a this, that. So he took it out with, with this. Whereas the other guy, because he was small, he took it out sort of not on his wife per se, but in this room where he had these meetings with just him and his wife and he'd like yeah. shout and stomp about. And, and then there was me kicking you know, the granny out of a, of a, of a, of a Thai boxing bag in, in my gym and, and then training at two and three o'clock in the morning and doing crazy things. Yeah. Um, and they found that quite interesting that, but I've managed to contain this anger. Mm. Um, and or or, or maybe, maybe not containing it, but finding uh, a way of expressing it or venting That's, it. Yeah. yeah, better, an outlet, yeah. 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 So yeah, so that was the, the Channel 5, that's what I did yeah. that. But sorry, I've gone off. The press-ups, wasn't it? Yeah, but they found out that I held the, the world title for the most press-ups in a minute. Yeah. Um, and they said, 
Which was how many, Sunday? Um, well, there's, there's, there's two. There's one that's sort of unofficial and one that's official. I, well, I did one at a show and I did 152. In a minute. Yeah. And there's yeah. another one where I, um, where the one on, another one on TV where I do 130. There's the first one I did 132. Yeah. So I think that's the one that went in. But I, I beat it. But then that one didn't go in. So I don't right. know. Don't a know lot anyway. So yeah, yeah, in a minute. So then the, everybody knows me, knows me. They used to call Sandy McPress-ups. And mm. um, uh, some people call it what, Sandy McChin-ups. I get called all sorts, like Sandy Manholt, you know what yeah. I mean? Sandy McMadman. I get all these daft things. <laughs> I mean, Pat, you know Paddy McGuinness? Yeah. Yeah, I love him. Absolutely great. Yeah. He even calls me Sandy McChin-ups. Because mm. I used to do, he actually trained with me for about six months, right. Thai boxing. I do, and I used to have him doing chin-ups and he used to hate yeah. them. And, yeah. But I got him doing them. And because I used to, I used to jump up and do like, do 20, 30, 40, whatever in one go. And he just look at me, like, oh, you're mad. Yeah. And like, you know, I said, come on, well, just give me 10, Paddy. And he did, he did them. Um, anyway, so this guy said, do you think you could, and while it's on TV, break another record? I went and never thought about it really. I said, but I do love press-ups. And I, you know, I told him about this and they said, right, I do all sorts of crazy ones. One finger, you know, the Bruce Lee press-up, I can yeah. do those, I do clap press-ups yeah. and blah, daft things. But I, I was doing currently at the time quite a lot. I was doing somewhere between 1,000 and 5,000 press-ups a week. Um, somewhere between five and 15,000 sit-ups a week, um, somewhere between 1,000 and 5,000 squats a week. Just take myself yeah. for a run for a laugh. Just go like running three times a week. Nothing like you have done. But, yeah. um, <clears throat> and just doing like, you know, silly amounts of exercise and, you know, two hours in here and two hours there. And, you know, it just, it, it was second nature for me because I've done it all my life. It's not yeah. like I'm, I'm not, I'm not, but, you know, do, nothing doing special. Doing press-ups for an hour, is a completely different prospect than doing it for a minute, isn't yes, it? Because yeah. you've got to, yeah. you, you don't want to burn out after 30 minutes. Mm. So you've got to actually pace yourself yeah. a little bit. I so I'd never done it before. But the, yeah. the, um, again, no excuses. They, they gave me, uh, you'll know this, to train for a fight, what's the, what's the, what's the time scale? I don't know. Well, uh, you're training all the time, but if you've got a fight coming up, then three or four weeks before, and maybe six weeks before, and you hit it hard, six don't weeks. you? Yeah, six weeks is the is the thing. I mean, some MMA guys are working on eight and ten weeks, mm -hmm. aren't they? Mm -hmm. Tire boxing was six weeks, um, and they gave me just under four mm -hmm. to train for this. And I, but I accepted the challenge. I said, "No, I'll have a go. Why not?" Mm -hmm. So I was in my gym every night. Some nights, one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, um, just pumping press ups out, but doing them on my own. Uh, again, schoolboy error, maybe in essence, I should have got someone to sort of help me and monitor it a little bit. But I did it. I just, I pushed myself through it for just under, well, it was less actually. It was about three and a half weeks. And I went for it on live on TV and the Guinness Book uh, Records yeah, were there. Yeah. Um, I failed. I, I remember, I, I remember, I watched it. I came yeah. second in the world, but which is not a bad thing, I suppose. No. Um, I did 2,952, I think it was, something like that. I just shot a 3,000. Yeah. The world record was held by a guy in prison who did 4,400. So it was about four and a half hundred above me. Um, and obviously 60 seconds a, in a minute, 60 minutes in an hour, 3,600 is one per second, isn't it? So you were so just... That's what I was pumping out. Yeah. So I'm pretty happy with that, with the because with I've never yeah. done it before. And I think perhaps if I trained, you know, again, my, you know, hindsight's a great thing. If it had been six weeks, I think I, would probably, I, think I probably would have done it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I had a go at it. I was quite happy with the result and, you know, I did all right. So it's one of those things. And, um, you know, it's again, how do you take things after that? You know, was it a failure or was it a success? I think it was a massive success, yeah. but that's it's how you see it, yeah. isn't it? So, you know? yeah, I was happy to, you know, take that challenge and it was good fun while we did it and it was yeah. filmed and it was live and Guinness Book of Records were there and, yeah. you know, um, but it showed the real true emotion afterwards. You see it on my face of, of and you, the interview actually is interesting because I only I've only watched it a couple of times ever since, and you know I'm not one of these who sit back and watch myself. I'm you know yeah. I, I've got to put up with myself when I wake up every day. But um, at the end of it, I said to, on 
live on camera, I just said, I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry to all my family and friends who came to support me. I'm, I'm sorry if I've let you down. I feel bad. Yeah. I felt more bad for them than me. <laughs> this, this, see, this is mindset as well. There's a, there's a picture on social media um, that I'd seen a few times. It's a beautiful picture, and there's three kids on a podium. And the kid at first in first place didn't achieve the time they wanted, and they've got their head down like this. And then second, and the kid in third place, he's got his fist in there going, yes! And they've got a trophy, and they're clearly ecstatic because they'd got on the podium. So it's... You know, you've got sometimes you've got to just pause, look back, and remind yourself what you have achieved, and feel good about that. Brilliant, you know, because you don't always get. They say it's better to have set set your goals high and get three quarters of the way, than set your goals so low that you know you're going to achieve it. Plan you know? to fail or plan to succeed. Exactly, exactly. So, Sunday, we're now going to move on to perhaps a slightly more serious note. We'll talk about. Recently, we're both aware of somebody. Somebody you knew well from Bolton, a girl you trained with. And also, uh, myself, I'm aware there's a guy who was one of the champions and he did the, he's twice now completed what they call the Ultra Great Britain, which is the race across Scotland, which is 215 miles. I run 100 miles and you do that, you don't sleep, you do it non-stop. It's just 100 miles flat out. Wow. Um, you know, and it's a bit of a bit of an adventure. And that's, that's the distance I've got to. This guy was ex-RAF, I believe, and he'd done... Twice he'd done the 215-mile race. Now, you do that, you've got 100 hours to complete it, um, and usually they factor in two or three rests of maybe two hours sleep, and the rest of the time, they're running. It's phenomenal achievement. And the, I did a show here with two other champions, like yourself. They're ultra-running champions, and that's Gareth Kilshaw and Nicola Bruce, good friends of mine. And both of them have attempted, and Nicola succeeded, uh, and done. they've done the Ultra Great Britain as well. They've been on that route. Now... This guy has taken his own life, you know. So the the guy who John is called. And this for me is a direct consequence. Now I didn't we were quite careful about this. Before we started the show, I wanted to make sure this cut show I don't want it to be about COVID nineteen and about lockdown. But I think it's relevant that we talk about some of the consequences of it and maybe ways that we're dealing with it and how we cope with it. So we know that the consequences of this lockdown, this period, have been a lot of people are living in fear, they're frightened, they're not going outside, they're disconnected from their family and friends, lonely, depressed, and hence we get suicide. And the official figures haven't been released yet, but I know, I read an article about a village in Liverpool, four people in one day took their own life completely disconnected in a little village. You know, not, not connected events, they're just, that. I think... Post-lockdown, we're going to find out that the suicide rates have been phenomenal in this period. So maybe tell us a little bit. I know this lady was a, a pole fitness champion, UK champion, several times. And she was a friend and a student of yours. Is that right? That's right. Jess Leanne Norris, um, the age of 27. Um, she took her life just less than two weeks ago. Yeah. And for me, I've known the girl since she was a teenager. I went to mm. her house to see her mum. Um, she was training Thai boxing with me at the time. I actually read about her in Bolton News. Bolton News have been very kind to me over the years and they've done lots of coverage of me fighting my titles, uh, yeah. the gym doing stuff and champions coming out of my gym, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I read about this article and it's this girl doing pole fitness. I thought, oh, what's that? I never heard of it. And the statement there is, you know, pole dancing, pole fitness. There's obviously a reference, a cross-reference between those two. People think of pole dancing and you think of some girl spinning around a pole with six-inch heels on in a lap dancing bar. Yes, of course, you know, but they learn that skill because it is a skill. 
And you know, it's, it's something you would see in, in you know, like Circus de Soleil, people doing phenomenal, yeah, th- absolute core strength exercises. People that are just make mind-blowing. some assumptions. I, I've seen a few of these routines, and the the phenomenal athletes, you know, oh, to, to do incredible. this, you know, things that I couldn't do. Yeah. Well, that's, this is what caught me. I just thought, and she was like, I think I think she started when she was only about thirteen or fourteen. I met her when she was fifteen. Um, she was training up to, um, to you know, to, to be this uh, pole fitness. Um, champion but she was also uh, the first person to get a studio in Bolton and she opened JLN which is her name Jessely Ann Norris ah, and um, yeah. <clears throat> it was in West Orton uh, across the old video world shop I think it was or I think a video at something it was yeah, called no, that is. Um, yeah and uh, they live in West Orton I went up to see her mum because they were putting on a show at this Bolton Town Hall and they were looking for an MC someone who could um, cover it uh, master of ceremonies you know uh, so yeah. I, I, they knew that I'd done a little bit of stuff like that and they said, would you do it? And I said, I'd love to. So I went up and she told me about you know the, the format um, because I've never done it. I've only ever done commentating on Thai boxing and kickboxing and MMA shows yeah. and I've emceed a couple of shows. So they said, could you do it? I went, yes, I can. So you know Jess because she's been doing some private uh, Thai boxing sessions with you. Um this is what, you know, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, what I didn't realise is how, how it all came about was that she actually had a pole up in a in the uh, in the house, in the, yeah. in the in the second room there, like in the living room. And while I was there, the mother said, Jess says you should have a go. I went, I can't do that. Well, I'm a great believer, and everybody who knows me say, you cannot say can't. Yeah. Take the T off can't, and what do you got? I can do it. Mm-hmm. I can't do them press-ups. I can't do them kicks. I can't, yes, you can I'm going to show you how. I'm going to help you. And we're going to do this together. And we'll do it. And then you will achieve it. And you'll walk out feeling happy because you've done it. Take the tea off calm. So anyway, she's got me up the pole doing a couple of moves. This one's a scorpion, which is pretty hard to do. But you, I managed it on the first session. The second one was the flag, which again is another hard one. But I managed it because she kept saying, oh, you, you're super fit. You, 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 you know, you do press-ups on one hand and one finger, blah, blah, blah. I said, there's no way you couldn't get up that pole and do it. You're doing it. And she had this. And at 15, she had this way as like I said, leaders and followers yeah. and people who, who, who've got ways of motivating you to do things that you would never have thought you could do. So taking the tea off can't. And I did it. And it was a great experience. And I thought, wow. But it's the way she taught me. She's at 15. She's teaching a person three times older than her how yeah. to do something. And I've always said, you can learn off a, off a two-year-old if you're open to it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it's jumping forward now. 12 years later... She's two times UK pole fitness champion. She's done yeah. Thai boxing with the whole doll duration, yeah. done PTs, classes, etc. But over the, about two years ago, she had a massive setback. She had a couple of studios, one shut, and the other one shut had a fire. Um, lost a lot of students. Um, another pole, pole fitness that were more popular, a couple of studios opened in competition with her. A few little, you know, dink, dink, dinks, what yeah. I call it, where you start to get dropped down. And she started suffering with a little bit of mind health, yes. or mental health, as it's known. <clears throat> and um, you know, I think she actually. Well, I do know she actually did try to take her own life. Yeah. Took some tablets, and but luckily she was, you know, came back from it. Yeah. Sometimes it's it, it's never the people you expect, is it? No. People you think have got it all together yeah. behind the scenes. She had everything, yeah. as they say. There was a uh, a girl called Sophie Graven who took a few uh, life two years ago, and she was supposed to be promoting the book with me. And about three days before she was doing these posts and the launch and everything. She she took a life, you know, and um, this and yet on the surface nobody knew she was struggling. She had it all together, yeah. and this girl obviously she's 
She was confident, physically oh. fit, oh. successful. Fabulous. She looked great. She always had a smiley face. She was bubbly as hell. Yeah. Absolutely. Bubbly than a, than a shaken bottle of champagne. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone who knew her, she, she had an impact on, on, on... She taught hundreds and she influenced thousands. And no one, you know, who met her, who knew her, would ever have thought, you know, you, she would have been last on the list of, of, of suicide. Um, so that was about two years ago and she'd been struggling with it but then she started to get her act together and different things and she yeah. and event, well in the last about 18 months ago because um, we always had lots of chats and different things and we've done I've, I've emceed a couple of her shows um, and she said to me you know she wanted to do a few things together and we came up with an idea of t- taking a class in my gym so she was teaching core strength flexibility um, and fitness and she did them every Monday night and I had some of my Thai boxing students do it and some of her students do it, and it, it worked. It was just a nice little blend because I, you know, I have two classes on a Monday night. One of them went quiet, and I said, "There's a slot there; you can have it." And it, she started getting happy again. Everything was yeah. going well. Um, she tried a few different things job-wise. She, um, she was teaching another couple of people's studios, and not not because she didn't want her own because there was a lot of stress. I think there was a lot of stress at a young age that probably that possibly brought that on as well. Mm. Running a studio at fifteen, you know, having yeah. a business at fifteen, um, being a you know a UK champion at eighteen, then again at twenty-two. Um, and I think there's a lot of pressure was put on her um, and herself. Lockdown came in. Yeah, this is this I, is yeah. A lot of people that possibly um, a people person, you know, that people that love being around people that thrive off that, that like engaging, are totally isolated. Isolated. And if they've already got pre-existing, maybe had issues and problems and stuff. And um, it'll see you off. Come to the top. Yeah. That, that's the that's what happened basically. You just said, said it. <clears throat> Excuse me. So what happened then was. I mean, I put five fingers up here because this is what she had. She had five positives in her life, as we all have, whether, whether it's like say, if somebody, somebody says, you know, you can't go running. You like going eating out. You oh. can't eat out. You like a drink. You can't drink. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my best friend lives in uh, Wales. You can't drive to Wales. Um, I like to, um, you know, I love my job. You can't work. Yeah. Dink, you like going dink, to the gym. Dink, you can't dink, go to the dink, gym. Yeah. Right? And this is what happened. Number one, Paul is a, a love of her life. That was shut down, so she couldn't go and teach at those two places she was teaching, or even practice herself. Because I had a pole in the gym, a, a pole in the gym where she could take yeah. down, and she came into my gym. She, she said, "Alexander, can I come into there?" Yeah, of course you can. The gym's open seven days a week. Come in when you want, and you know, practice. That was ta- a pole was taken from her. Number one, this is the lockdown. What happened to her? Number yeah. two, my gym shut, which is all the martial arts and all the gym shut. So Thai boxing went. Well, she was yeah. training. She was still training with me up and just prior, literally. Just till prior to lockdown, yeah? yeah. So she's doing pole, she's doing Thai boxing, she's going to a, a, a gym as well. She does other stuff. She does all sorts yeah. of mad flexibility classes, yoga, um, meditation, all yeah. sorts of things. Yeah. You know, the gym DW that was shut down. Boom. Now it's three strikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's usually three strikes and you're out. Yeah. Fourth strike was a job. She got a job in a, a in a bar in Bolton. Where she, though she was working was a lot of friends went in there. So she was socialising and working. So her social life's now gone, number four. Yeah. Her job went, number five. Five massive dome chops to your leg. How many times can you get up? Yeah. And if you, like yourself, I, I probably, twice a year, I'll have a drink, right? Um, and I'll have two or three bottles of cider, twice a year. And when I do, I wake up the next morning and remember why I don't. You know, because <laughs> um, I feel terrible. I get really bad anxiety if I have a drink. And... Some years I've gone periods where I've gone a full year without a drink at all, but I think last year I drank twice. Yeah. Nothing. Now, a lot of people, if you don't um, 
if you don't socialise and you don't go to the pub and drink, then your avenues are restaurants, the gym. I, I go to the cinema, I go to the gym, I go running. All of those things are taken away from you. Yes. And, you know, you, you're very isolated. And the normal social circles that most people mix in, if I'm not in those anyway, because I have a very limited social circle that I mix in and I don't go to the pub, I haven't been in a pub in a very long time, I don't go in a pub, then you really depend on the things where, you know, like you say, in the gym, etc. they're taken away from you. It's hard to function. The thought of not... I twisted my knee last year and I couldn't go running for about six months. I was devastated and I really struggled because it's a massive part. When you're doing an endurance sport, you get about an hour into it, you focus on your breathing, your mind clears, all the knots become untangled and it becomes meditative, that sport for me. So that take that away from it and meditation alone isn't enough. I need to exercise on a... You know, certainly three or four times a week. Yeah, my body and soul, my body and spirit, call it, you know. Yeah. The um, <clears throat> interesting what you say there, uh, Patrick, is, you know, once you've had something taken from you, it's a massive thing, especially like that with the, you know, the physical side. You know, you, you can't do one without the other. And, you know, you can't run without the mindset. Yeah, the, the, in the mindset, once you've, in your head, you know, you, you, something that you just take for granted, you know, getting up, going for a run, you know, it's, and then have that taken from you. It's massive. Um, it it completely messes with your psychological thing that's going on. You end up with psychological warfare, basically, in your mind. Yeah. And, you know, you said something there before, and, um, you know, I'm not a massive runner. I've done my only, well, my, my achievement, which I'm proud of, I did um, two bolt marathons yeah. back in the day when the bolt marathons used to be on, <clears throat> regarded, you know, as the, as the toughest marathon in the UK. Um, I'll, I'll, in fact, I'll just talk about it in two seconds. But, Somebody said to me about running and they asked me to describe it. You know, Sandy, you, do, you know, you're always going for us. You're running everywhere. I don't, I don't want as much now. Very, I mean, saying that, I went for a, bit of, a very small compared to what you do. We did a two and a half mile run last night, me and, yeah. my, me and my partner and our little chihuahua. And we ran around both way or rest, um, restaurants. Rail. Uh, yeah. yeah, the reservoirs. Lovely. Great for the mind, body. We came back. Look, both of us were absolutely buzzing when we came back. And we felt, you know, just great psychological and physiological feeling when we came back euphoric yeah and i can't explain this is what i talk about with people doing exercise is you know you get released with the best drug on the planet and it's free endorphins yeah. all the things i love are free walking running cycling being outdoors being in nature the free. best things in life are free absolutely absolutely yeah. but I, I i described it i put the i put running into a very simple little little box little sentence and I describe mind, uh, sorry, running as moving meditation. Exactly. Just like I was the same way you end up focusing on your breath as an endurance sport. You do. It's meditative. Yeah. Every run I've ever done, I've come back from a run with so much clarity. Yeah. Now, if you can't run, for example, then go for a nice long walk um, or cycle if you've got bad knees. I say I tell people this. I say, oh, I can't run, Sandy. My knees are knackered. Blah, blah, blah. Can I walk? Yeah, when it's so far and it starts hurting. Mm. I'll tell you what, get on a bike. I said, because you've got low ballistics. Um, yeah. You know, you've got low impact sports. Low impact so sports. Yeah. And you get to see even more because you go further on a bike. Yeah. And how easy is it to pedal on a straight? Yeah. That's, that's as easy. That's easier than walking. You're sat on something. And if you're not that Number fit, two, you get go on down a canal. Hill. Get on a canal and do it. So, you know? yeah. yeah. Uh, you, know, when you, you know, if you go up a hill, you've got to come down one. Yeah. Um, and out, take your feet, you can take your feet off the pedals and enjoy it. Um, you know, there's always ways and means. I'm outside a little supermarket in Bolton, and this, I get a little tap on the window, and this lady says, Hi. 
I said, hello. And she went, it's Sandy, isn't it? I said, yes. I said, uh, can I help you? And she went, I knew you was the man. And I said, oh, I'm not the man, but what, <laughs> what is it I can help you with? And she went, oh, she says, due to the lockdown, she said, I put loads of weight on. She says, but I'm struggling to exercise and I've got rheumatism. I said, okay, no problem. I said, I'll give you a couple of tips. I can help you. I said, obviously running's out the question. I said, but what you can do, something we mentioned before, I said, if you could get a, a push bike, I said, then it's non-ballistic, which means you're putting less pressure yeah. on, your, uh, on your joints. I said, that'd be good for you. I said, but walking, just walk, 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 okay, is a great exercise. Um, I said, and you can do uh, perhaps a little bit of yoga, a bit of Tai Chi. I said, things that will keep your body moving and active. And I said, and a lot of it is uh, as well, I said, is, you know, you know, drink lots of water. Uh, I said, and watch what you're eating. I said, you know, I said, a lot of calories people take in. I said, and don't expend them out. I said, so, you know, keep your eye on your, on your, on your food intake. And I said, really, I said, I'm not a supplement person. I said, I'm not a dietitian. I said, but good things for your joints. I said, something that I've took over the years. Um, what I like is apple cider vinegar. I said, I'm a great yeah. believer in that. I said, and also what might help you is glucosamine. I said, which is good for your yeah. joints. Uh, and turmeric, I said, that's another one. I said, but, you know, I said, I can bombard you with loads of stuff. I yeah. said, but just for now, I said, start by walking, do some light exercise, a um, little bit of stretching. I said, stretching is good for your joints, especially with rheumatism. Um, and I hope that helps. And she said, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And she couldn't thank me enough. And I said, hey, it's nothing. She said, I'm sorry to take your time. I said, you haven't took my time up. Yeah. And I was very humbled that somebody would come up and even just ask me. But, it, you know, she made my day while mm. I was making her day, which is something what yeah, you said yeah, before. Yeah. So, you know, it's, um, you know, you, you do receive by giving. Yeah, yeah. I, I've i actually, before I did Ironman, I was told I had, I had problems with my knees. I was told I had arthritis. I needed two operations on each knee. And that they were staged operations. I was probably gonna, wasn't going to be able to walk very well for 12 months and probably would never run again, never do anything like that. I completely ignored the doctors. And I'm not advising anybody to do this, but that's what I did. And I started running and I started running more and more and more. And nobody can explain it. I don't have arthritis in my knees anymore. My knees are completely fine now. And I can run ultra marathons and I'm in no pain whatsoever. That tells you that the mind is far more powerful. This is an incredible, miraculous healing machine. If you get this system operating properly, it can do amazing things even what might be considered miraculous you know well self-healing you know is self-belief and it's um i mean think of the word that came out you know again you know it's only a, a word that's been used in the last two or three decades placebo yes um you know they've done studies haven't they where they've got like you know a group of 10 people in one room and they say right you know we're going to take away this magic pill um you're going to take this over the next whatever um and then the next room, they give another people with 10, pill, mm. 10 pills. And, they all and, think they're getting the magic and pill. And they all think they're getting the magic yeah. pill. And in, 10 of them have just got sugar in them. And 10 of them have, have, have got this whatever in, you know, some medication, whatever. Um, and they've gone off and they've done the results. on, the, on, on And the, the results have been amazing from that. They've just been taking basically nothing. Of it. <laughs> you know, they've, they've led to believe that this tablet does A, B and C. And they've gone away and done and got A, B, and C out of it, achievement, because the, the, the brain's told them that it's working. So placebo yeah. is yeah. very very much, um, a, to me, it's, it's like a virtual thing that we're doing what you've done, is yeah. that you've 
you know, you've, you've self-healed. I mean, the body heals itself. I mean, you know, all, all the, you know, the, our, our body is, is constantly doing that. You know, the yeah. cells are, are, are growing if, constantly. If, if you take the tension out of the system and tension's created by overthinking, you become stressed and you have tension in the system. Now, if you take that out of the system, your body does what it's designed to do, which is heal, repair and grow. You put tension in the system and resistance in the system and your body can't do that. And you would, like I say, I can only reiterate, you would be surprised... People who, it's it's about belief. If you believe you're getting better, whether it's because the treatment's working or whether it's because your mind thinks the treatment's working, it doesn't matter. It's 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 about belief, isn't it? You've got to believe you're getting better. Yeah. You well, know. stress kills, that's a saying, and it's a true Absolutely. saying, isn't it? Absolutely. I think I read a, a paper issued, and it said that basically 85 to 90% of all illness is caused by the mind you know and it's either psychosomatic where you think you're ill and you become ill or it's a consequence of negative thinking which has a physical effect on your body so for instance you you get insomnia you you immune systems and work properly because you're stressed and you're in fear you know all, all these kinds of things but so sandy we talked about the mental health issues that have possibly been highlighted and raised due to you know lockdown yourself with your gym being closed, it's been closed for a while, is that right? Yeah. What I, I, on my radio show, and I try not to give people too much advice, I just tell them what I do, yeah? And I say, you know, that I spend a lot of time in nature. I go outside as much as possible. Even if I can't actually be with somebody who makes me feel good, somebody that I know we, we bounce off each other, I'll speak to them on the phone. But it's quite important that you put these these triggers and these, these steps in place in your daily routine for your mental health. And the biggest one for me is obviously meditation and yoga, but running. I need to run on a regular basis. Don't know why, but it fixes me every time. I go, I ran 18 miles on Monday and then I ran 15 miles on Wednesday and, and I, I bugger off up the hills. I go up in, you know, Rivy, I park the car at Rivy and I just do one into the hills and I never quite know if I'm going to run until I finished. You know, I just go up in the hills. That fixes me. What do you do? What helps you? Well, like you said about just touching on the gym for a second, <clears throat> excuse me, my gym's, um, I believe it's either one or the, the, it's either the first or the second longest running Thai boxing gym in the UK. Wow. Um, when I opened it, which is, I opened it with a guy called Rob Sharpley back in 1984. And it was uh, pretty much uh, a blueprint for a lot you, of people. You were 10 then, weren't you? So Sunday. I was 10. Yeah. So I like you. Um, <laughs> <and> <laughs> we'll go touch on this in a bit later on. Okay. The, uh, the world's, uh, the world's most asked question. I will send yeah. it up. Nobody knows. I don't know. Um, yeah. And, we opened, I started teaching at Bolton Sports Centre in 1983. Um, I started Thai boxing in 77. Um, and in 84, a dream came true. I opened the first ever full-time Thai boxing gym at Mossville Mill, Vernon Street, with this Rob Sharpley, who, who he was he sort of, he, he was a financial backer, really. I, I sort of did all the teaching. He did the, the money, so I now was paying him back. I was working yeah. at Warburton's at the time. Yeah. Um, and I used to pay him. So we basically run the gym at a loss for about two to three years. And um, longer than that, like I said, because it took me about five years to pay him back for the money he put into to, to buy the stuff, the boxing ring and all the, the, the padded floor. It was ahead yeah. of our time because people back then didn't have punch bags. They didn't have um, a padded floor. Um, they didn't have a boxing ring. People were just training on mats or, or wooden floors. They were training sports centers. You know, yeah. So it was a pioneering place. Um, <clears throat> and uh, we're open seven days a week and we have been pretty much seven days a week for the last 
30 years mm. um, for now. Do you have somebody who helps you? So you have I have some, instructors, yeah. yeah. I've got so a you, great team of instructors around me. So you have some personal time, you know, some free yes. time. Because we were saying, like, this podcast, we wanted to do it on a weekday because Saturday's your day, you know, you obviously spend time with your partner. Yeah. And for myself, I go running and stuff. So it's quite important to factor that in, isn't it? Yeah. But seven days a week I was doing. Yeah. And, you know, the competitions at weekends, I was fighting myself at weekends. Uh, I was doing seminars. I was going around the world, Master Scan. Uh, commentating, refereeing, judging, emceeing. I wore about 50 caps. It was, a, <laughs> you know, just so many things you had to do. But, you know, I loved doing them. It wasn't a chore at all. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the point I'm saying is that the gym's been open for like 30 plus years, seven days a week, and it's been shut now for just over three months. We've never been shut more than two weeks in a full year. We yeah. shot on a, a, we're shut at Christmas and New Year for about 10, 11 days. Yeah. That's the only time we shot. We shot the odd Odd bank holiday. So you can probably, you know, counter in for two weeks in 52. We're open 50 weeks of the year. And for suddenly now to be shut for just over three months is a bit strange. Yeah. And it'll be a lifeline for some people, that gym, because certainly I know from my experience, you're not, it's not just about the physical and getting fit, but no. people go there, they, there's a camaraderie, you become friends, you get self-confidence, you learn discipline, and it builds a person, you know, it can build a person. Martial arts are a wonderful thing. People assume that because I write about meditation and I'm now peaceful, that, you know, maybe I'm anti-MMA martial arts. And not at all, because 90% of the benefit is not fighting somebody in the ring. It's everything else that comes, everything else with, comes it, with it. Everything else comes with it, absolutely. Know? And, and yeah. then the actual fighting in the ring, great and a bonus. But again, it's done in a controlled manner. It's discipline, there's respect. If you get angry, you go in a fight and you get angry and lose your temper, you'll lose. You're going to lose. You've got to be disciplined. Yeah. We used to train when we did MMA. We'd, we'd throttle each other. You know, we'd put a rear naked choke on and around our neck. And we had to learn to pass out without losing control, staying calm, because there are a lot of things you can do when you're being strangled, you know, when you have a rear naked choke. If you panic or you get angry or flustered or anything, you'll just do this and you'll pass out. But if you take your time and think, okay, I've got about 12 seconds and I'm going out, and in those 12 seconds, you stay calm, you can actually, you know, you can get out of it. So we had to learn to discipline, you know, staying calm under pressure. There's a hundred lessons you'll get when you go to a martial arts gym. Like, yeah. you know, you know. That's a big thing I'm in at the moment that, that I, I feel frustrated about. I'm not frustrated about many things. One thing I feel this country is lacking is self-discipline. One thing I feel this country is lacking is is self-respect and respect is a big thing in my book self-discipline yeah. is very big in my book uh, respect and discipline you know so why we're seeing now is so much trash thrown on the floor and people have these raves and you know the, the beaches and stuff and these beauty spots when you go running you'll know what i'm mm. talking about i'm sick of seeing those little silver canisters around that people are leaving drugs. i thought i didn't know see for a long time i thought because i had those or they're not actually those, but similar. And if you get a puncture on your bike now, you don't have a pump or anything like that. You have these little gas canisters, and when you get a puncture, yeah. um, you you can patch it up or put a new tyre on, have them on my bike, on my, you know, my road bike, and you just pump it up with a little gas canister. That's how they do it. So I thought, my God, there's a lot of people getting punctures up Rivy at the minute, and it's not. It's this Noz gas, is it? The, Noz, yeah, nitrous you, oxide, and they're breathing that in there. Yeah. They're frying the brains. Yeah. I've drugs, never tried it. Drugs, <laughs> I've not, I've, no. drugs fry your brains. I've said this all my life, and I'll always say it. People know I'm anti-drugs. I'm an anti-alcohol and anti-smoking. They say, Sam, have you not got any, have you got any enjoyment in your life? You sound really boring. Mm. Do I look boring? Mm. Um you know, I can do it without those things and it doesn't make me better than you or mm. any single person on this planet just because I don't do them. And it doesn't mean I say I'm going to live longer than anybody else. Um, but I just, 
you know, moderation is obviously is the, the Massive, key word, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you asked me to jump back to what you know what I like to do since my gym shut. Um, what I touched on before, my partner, she's a nurse um, and she's a caring nurse. She actually, she broke down in bits when Jess died because she did spent about six years uh, doing uh, pole with her. She yeah. did Thai boxing. She does Thai boxing with me. She does pole. She, uh, she keeps herself active and she is a real nurse nurse. She's one of them who actually cares for her patients. She, she'll she come home and she is affected every day by who she's seen. She has what's called patient confidentiality. She, I, I could know you for, say, if I say I've known you 10 years, for example, and she yeah. was looking after you, she wouldn't tell me. Um, she's not allowed to. But yeah. she could say, this gentleman has got this thing and I've, I'm doing this for them and I'm trying to help them with this and they've done that and they're yeah. doing this and they're doing that. And she loves walking. And we've got this old chihuahua, which is fit as us, if not fitter. I, have a, I imagine you're wearing like a multicolored coat with a well, little well, and the I'm dog. Well, I'm looking on that. <laughs> she, she's, um, she's this big. She's long-haired chihuahua. She's beautiful. Um, I've no kids, so I suppose you could say it's like our kid. And um, she comes on all these walks. She's done Snowden with us at six yeah. months old. Um, we're trying to do the three three ice mountains in the UK. So we're going to hopefully this year we're going to do the third one, which we haven't done. Is, is that like is I've done the three peak three peaks? Is it the same? I do, uh, I've done like Snowden, Scarfell Pike, and Ben Nevis well, in twenty four hours. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we're not doing it in a set time. Or yeah, not, yeah. She's, those... um, Hell is not. Um, she's not competitive in that way. She she just loves the actual doing it yeah yeah, um, yeah whereas yeah. for me i'm a bit all about like how long was that how time is that how yeah, fast is that yeah. I'm, I'm like a little bit anal with that i'm like that's like 28 minutes point six seconds you know i time i time everything me and i measure everything <clears throat> i can tell you what i did 25 years ago on a tuesday that i did 1700 press-ups i did 1500 sit-ups i did uh, 2300 squats i did a three three mile run in 22 minutes i've got it all logged i've got Diaries full for every single year of my life with how many exercises I've done. <clears throat> That's why you keep your mobile bit. phones, is it? As so well, you're uh, sort of nostalgic in some way and yeah. keep a record. Yeah, keep a record of everything. Because you, so you can see whether you've improved or not. And yeah. weirdly, the stuff I can't do now that I used to be able to do, like some of the kicks I can't do, like I used to be able to jump up and, as you said, kicking them on yeah. New Bet TV yeah. and did that challenge. Yeah. I kicked an apple off a sword about something like 12, 13 feet, I think it was. I don't know. Um, yeah, I can't quite jump that high now. But the difference is. Um, I can do, I'm stronger now in certain areas and I'm fitter in certain areas, which is weird. You mm. think like, as you get older, you think that, and that's an excuse. I can't stand what people say. Um, um, well, I put a lot of weight on now uh, because I'm older. That's rubbish. Mm. I'm the same weight as I was 25 years mm. ago. So, you know, it's about maintaining yourself and mm. I can do stuff now. I can do more things now than I could, than I, than I could 25 years ago, weirdly. And there's some things I can't do as well, yeah. but there's things I can do better. It's learning to embrace so the things just, you can. Focus adjust, on that. Yeah, yeah. Adjust, improvise, um, and there's always a way. But again, jumping back to what you asked me, we love going for long walks. Yeah. Um, we did 10 miles uh, just a, only a few days ago. Then we did the two and a half mile run. Um, we've bought bikes. We've got biking yeah. now, which has opened a new avenue of things for us. It's something I wanted to do. Um, it's finding know, something you can do together, isn't it, as well? Nature, you know, yeah. love nature. We saw a deer while I was out. We just stopped and froze and just relaxed and watched this deer for like 30 seconds. And it was the, the feeling. It's, it's euphoric. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Absolutely, Sandy. I say, remember we're talking about the environment and if you're in a room with 100 people laughing and you're in a room with a, in a, a war zone, you'll be traumatised and probably have PTSD and problems. So your environment affects you. If you immerse yourself 
in a perfect system that works in harmony where everything is symbiotic and there's no resistance, everything just is is in the fully present because we're the only creatures, the sentient beings on this planet that aren't fully present. Everything else is just doing its job. We get confused because we can't remember what our job is, you know, and it's just to be, experience love and joy. And if you put yourself in that system in nature, I challenge anybody to spend more than an hour in nature, in, in a forest or something, and not start to feel blissful. It's beautiful. And the energy from trees, plants, streams, everything, it's it, it just this beautiful energy washes Mother over. Mother Nature, it's, yeah. it's just... It's amazing. I'm staggered. Absolutely, absolutely staggered Every, by there's it. There's never a day that I go by when I'm out on a walk that I don't see something, that I just stop. But it's looking at some leaves on a tree, or it's looking at some... Um, acorns on the floor or watching a bird just jump out yeah. from the bushes and just Bingo. like and that's a, not a female it's, it's, yeah. you know a, 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 a feathery type yeah. a bird just landing on a, at something that close and you're going wow a robin look at that you know I'm, I am I'm very much inspired by the smallest of things, yeah. but which are the biggest things and which is Mother Earth. It's a phenomenal um, it's classed as the blue planet when you look at all the other planets you look at ours and it, it's Stunning! It's absolutely, and it's a shame that the humans are, are ruining it, ruining it, and spoiling it. Which is what I touched on before. Yeah. You're seeing people throwing trash out the windows, and you know, I can't stand McDonald's. Don't get me on the subject. Um, you know, McDonald's wrappers and the thing, you know, up on up on yeah. the moors, and you see stuff, and you're looking at things, you're like, why would you, why would you throw that on the floor? Yeah, you took that rubbish. Take your rubbish home with you. And I just think, you know, there's a, there's an education system here that's lacking. Um, you know, I thought the young kids of today would have been better than us at, at understanding about trash and about, you know, about rubbish and, and litter. But they're not. They're just teenagers chucking stuff out the car windows, trashing everything. And I just think you've got zero respect for your environment. Um, and yet, the people, and yet, the, you know, these environmentalists, the young, you know, the younger people that supposedly doing all this stuff, you know, it, they're, they're the ones causing almost the more, more damage than, I know, <laughs> than the older I know. generation. The show previous, two shows previous to yours, Sunday, I had a guy on and he's part of Extinction Rebellion and he, he educated me basically about certain issues with the environment and stuff like this. And I, I try to have a very small footprint. I know being a Buddhist, I can't kill anything. I wouldn't even dream of killing a fly. I literally won't kill a fly. I won't kill anything at all. All life is precious. And I walked around Angles Art the other night and it was about a seven mile walk. And I'll run, but I'll still have a walk in the evenings and stuff. And there were seven butterflies swirling around like this. And they come around my head like this. And for the entire length of this field, which took me about five or six minutes to walk, I had seven butterflies just going around my wow. head. Like this. And it was, I just, just took my breath away. It was beautiful, you know. Wow. Yeah. So I still have moments. like I think when you're, when you're in bliss, when you're fully present in the moment, when you're just experiencing joy and you're in nature... When you emit that frequency that matches the rest of nature, which isn't a stress frequency, which hasn't got resistances and tension and anger, when you take all that away and you match that frequency, then it comes to say hello, you know, and you'll get a bird land on your arm or you'll get butterflies around your head and stuff. And things like that happen to me quite frequently. And like you say, I saw a deer last week as well. Yeah, you know, I mean, so. I mean, what do people say, for example, dogs, right? And so you can look at a dog and see two things. One, you want to go and stroke it. Or two, you're scared it's going to bite you which is like the cliff thing that you mentioned, yeah? Yeah. It's have that feeling to go to that dog to stroke it or do you go to that dog to, for it to bite you? And it knows. And it, it yeah. can do either. Mm. And it can make you feel good to stroke it and it feels good to be being, being petted back. But it's how they will send... Everyone knows this. 
They always say dogs can sense fear. Yeah. If you're scared and they'll sense that and then it's, you get maybe it's like an alpha male thing if it's a male, you know, and it could might go for you and stuff. Yeah, because you're omitting omitting that feeling. Yeah. So if you're omitting a feeling of, like you said, of like you're in nature and then butterfly, I must have been an amazing mm, experience. Mm, mm. I've never had that. Yeah. I've had a butterfly land on me, but yeah, never seven yeah. or seven five. Seven or uh, Wow, yeah. I've been like... This is like three, four nights ago. It was beautiful. I've been blown away. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, you know, I could just sit, my partner just sits, always sits in front of water and just stares at it. She yeah. just sits down. If we've been for a walk, she'll sit down. She just sits there and relaxes and just looks out to the water and just has a moment. And that's her moment. And I've got pictures, mm-hmm. photographs of her. We've been together like, well, just celebrated our ninth year anniversary. And I've got photographs from nine years ago when she was just sat in, in front of some water. And she did it again just through the day. Uh, I'm one of the lake, the little reservoirs up here. And I just looked and I just took a picture from, from back here. Um, and I just thought, you know, she loves nature. She loves being around water. Yeah. She loves around um, animals. She, she's like you. She's actually, she's not Buddhist, but I say, I'm not Buddhist. I'm not religious, but. She, she will not. She actually said to me, Sandy, I am not killing that fly. She also even says, and when I say she won't kill a fly, she won't kill a fly. Spiders, she doesn't like them. Yeah. She doesn't hate them. She doesn't super fear them, but she doesn't like them in a room. They upset her a little bit. She says, and it's because she knows, because I like spiders. I said, you shouldn't kill spiders. I said, because flies carry disease. I says, and you've more chance of getting an illness from a fly than you are a spider. And so I will remove the spider, not kill it. So ladies, yeah. if you're listening out there, don't kill, they all kill, they all want to kill spiders, women, stop it, mm. stop it, right? I let think them be- out the I house. think they're beautiful, them I'll let them even they spin away. Yeah. Spiders protect, mm. they don't kill you. How can something that big, I said, if you, if you had an alligator crawling around your bedroom, you know, or a tiger or, you know what I mean, or a 20 foot python, then you maybe you should have some fear in your mind and your heart. But if it's just a small itsy bitsy spider, let it out, let it go and live somewhere else. It's not going to last that yeah. long. I think with dogs, if you imagine a human being and if one of your senses is removed, so for instance, you don't have the gift of sight, the other senses become heightened and you become much more um, gifted with, Touch and hearing, for example. Well, with the dog, they don't have the the gift of communication by language. You know, they, they bark, but they don't communicate. So they then, a lot of animals, including horses and dogs, the ability to sense other people's energy is heightened because, you know, they, have, they don't have that ability to communicate. And a, a dog, for years, I was angry. And I couldn't go near a dog because dogs freaked out when I went anywhere near them. The second I became peaceful inside and learned to manage myself and started to meditate, I, I, I can go near any dog and yeah. usually they just run up to me, you know, and, and it was a massive yeah, transformation. That, yeah, yeah. Yeah, incredible. So, Sandy, I've still got lots of things I want to talk about. Unfortunately, we, we're um, this show now at present is probably going to be a couple of hours long as it stands. So I'm going to wrap things up with just a couple of topics I wanted to talk to you about. And one is... Firstly, when I did my research for this show, which I was going to mention on IMBD, I thought Sandy the Man Holt had actually done some movies as well. But it turns out it's a lady. Uh, there's a female actress called Sandy Holt and she's passed away now. But um, yeah, I started to think we were a movie star as well, but not <laughs> not yet. And I do think with your Sandyisms that maybe a book is something that... Do you know, that's your free... I've, because... How, how weird's that? What does that say there on my notes? A book. It's one of my well, ambitions. I, That's weird. You've read my right. mind. Well, this is another conversation we need to have because I've been through the process and it's not as straightforward as people think. And there's a few. You think you've written the book, you cracked it. That's half the battle. It's then what you do. But um, I could certainly give you a lot of advice and, you know, if that's something you're looking at. It and how, and how do, you, yeah. yeah. But uh, I, th- I think there's definitely, this. everybody's got a book in them, but not everybody actually, you might think you have a book in them, but actually producing it and putting the effort and time in, 
and the focus to have the end product, uh, I, I think definitely this is something you should do, my opinion. Um, I also, I've seen quite a few pictures of you on the internet and with quite a few famous people. And I didn't know all the names. I recognise most of them. There's an Irish boxer. There's a picture of you on the internet if you search. He's an Irish boxer, a massive guy. And he's a heavyweight boxer, I think. Oh, yeah, it was called the great... It was called the White uh, Tyson or something. Yes. Oh, what's his name? It's Paddy something. Yeah. I'd, I'd read about him yeah. before. I've got a picture of him in the gym with him. Yeah. Yeah, and mm. I've seen a picture. And then there's a couple of other boxers I'd seen you in and stuff. But, uh, yeah, Sugar so, Ray Leonard. Yeah, yes, that was it. Sugar Ray Leonard, yeah, yes. I've got a story with that if you want yeah. that. Go, I've, go I've, for it. Go for I've, it. A former ex-girlfriend of mine, um, a good friend uh, called Carla, and she was one who's very good Bolton girl. Um, decided to get out there, and she's been. She lived in uh, Australia. She's lived in America, and she actually dated Sugar Ray Leonard. What? Right. Yeah, and she brought him over to do a couple of seminars, and she rang me up out the blue, and she said um, she was dancing. That's how we met. We were both we both used to do dance competitions together. And uh, that's another trait which I, I used can't to... believe I've not touched on Northern Soul with you. Oh, <laughs> we'll, have seen... part, we'll have to do a part two if you'd have oh, me back. <laughs> but, but I think we're going to have to because I'd forgotten all about that aspect. I, I, I can't believe I forgot about that. I'd seen you on TV and you were dancing on TV doing um, splits and spinning round yeah, and everything Northern else, Soul, weren't you? Yeah. yeah. yeah so it's just another side point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that I used to do. But yeah, anyway. So she says, rings me up to Sunday. Um, uh, I've got um, somebody that you might want to meet. And I said, right, okay. And he wants to meet you. And I went, right. And uh, she said, I'm in Manchester tomorrow. And we're going to be staying at the, uh, I forget which one, the Renaissance or something. Yeah. Um, and she says, come over. And she goes, he wants to meet you. I've told him all about you. Blah, 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 blah. And, he, and I said, right, okay. Sugar Ray Leonard. He oh. wants to meet me. Are you having a laugh? So he don't want to meet you. So he does. So anyway, I went there and I spent two hours in the hotel and was in the, like this bad restaurant area. And he, he got talking about my tie boxing and then he got talking about my press-ups because obviously, you know, the record I'd done and da, 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 and, and he asked me to perform some press-ups for him, which I did. Yeah. And he then asked me a question, which I'd never been asked before. And he said, could I do a press-up with him on my bike? And I went, no. He said, I'm currently, in a, they, they do it in pounds, don't the Americans? Yeah. He says, I'm weighing 175 pounds. He says, can you carry me? Can you do a press-up with me on your bike? I said, I'll have a go. So he, he, he basically knelt on my bike and I've got a picture somewhere. Um, and I'd managed, I think, was about two press-ups with him on my bike, you know, and he was, like, blown away, but his, his son was with him. So I had a couple of pictures with him, and I had, yeah. like, two hours just sat with him and her and his son, just, well, the, just the four of us, yeah. and I had two hours with an absolute legend. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I've been very fortunate and an, to and meet a nice some amazing people, and a beautiful well. man. Yeah, yeah really yeah. nice, and they always yeah. are. So, yeah, I've, I've been very, very blessed to meet some some famous people, and I've always found that the professional people, by the true name name and nature of professional people, are professional, yeah. and they're very nice, uh, you know, um, very humble, and they become successful, I think, because they are you know, they are professional and they are like that. So, yeah, it's, it's nice to meet, uh, you know, to get the chance to meet yeah. these people and, you know, some yeah. of your heroes, the people that you watch on telly and films. And I did um, I did actually get to be in a movie, but I wasn't, they didn't, they actually, the bits I wasn't in, I was in a Jackie Chan movie. I met him too. Ah, right, So yeah, that was yeah, in, yeah, filmed yeah. in Thailand. Yeah. I spent three weeks there do, uh, yeah. on that film set. He, he's an incredible guy, isn't he? I'd, I'd watched a documentary about him and he used to do all his own stunts oh, and I, I've seen him phenomenal. get absolutely pummeled. He, took the top of his head off, yeah. he's broke all his limbs, he's jumped over cars. And well, they, I've seen the outtakes and all his films, so yeah. I've shown where he breaks his ankle and things and the, yeah. and the film, you know. And he's got like, a plate in his head, hasn't he, there? Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's got, he's broke probably most bones in his body yeah. at some point. But yeah. yeah. 
So yeah, that's something I'd love to do. A, a book is on my ambition. I've actually wrote it there. Um, the mind health thing is something obviously I'd like yeah. to leave you with. I want people to do hashtag mind health. Um, try and steer away from the mental health word. I just think it'd be it's a softer tone. It's a nicer thing that people can think about because I want my mind health to be well. Yeah. And if you say I want my mental health, it's yeah. mentally. And, and men it's no. the word. People say, yeah. oh, he's mental. It's got you're, a stigma. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. a stigma. Yeah. It's just been misused, word. the word, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's a shame because we do need to improve on it and everyone talks about it. So while we're talking about it, let's, you know, let's, let's rehash it. Mm. Excuse the pun, rehash, hashtag, um, you know, suicide awareness. Those things need to be mentioned. Um, yeah. You know, I'm a great believer of that. Um, you know, I've, um, I've just been, I, I, thanks very much for inviting me into here. Anybody else to talk about uh, many subjects, but I'd love to do a part two with you. So, Sandy, the man, Holt. Sandy, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm delighted you came in the studio. It's been a lot of fun, fascinating, and only during the course of this conversation, there's two things I've realised. One is we've only covered half the topics I wanted to talk about. Secondly, I've realised that there's a lot of topics that I didn't have on here. Northern Soul, we've got to talk about that, but uh, I'd love it if you came back and, and we did another show. I'd love it. So, I'd be honoured to. I'd absolutely love to. Because, I, I mean, there's a lot of, we've got a lot of connections. We're not, I'd like to talk to, a bit, to you about running as well, yeah. you know, a little bit more about yeah. that, because I'm fascinated at the distance that you do and stuff. And, uh, you know, it's mind-blowing. And and the fact is, if you enjoy doing it and I enjoy doing it, then we, we do it for us. The fact that if anybody else derives pleasure from watching this and enjoys it, that's great. But I, I love doing this. You know, it's great. Yeah. So, the other one I've, I've, I've missed talking about, and, you know, we've not touched too much. I know you, you're saying about being Buddhist and... Hmm. If I, another thing that people think that Buddhism, it's not actually a religion. It's a I, way of life. Exactly. I almost corrected you before when you said, but I'm not religious. And I was going to say, well, it's actually not a religion. But yeah. I figured a that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. And I'd, the, I'd love to touch on that subject yeah. because I just think it's very fascinating. And I've got well, Buddhists, you know, because obviously Muay Thai is from Thailand and Thailand yeah. is a Buddhist country. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm going to be fascinated to read this book. I really am. I'm excited about this. Um, but yeah, that's something definitely, we, we, you know, I'd love to talk to you more about, yeah. um, about the, you know, the spiritual side as well. Um, we didn't really talk about meditation. There's a lot, there's so many things as we went through this conversation, there's, I could have gone off on a hundred tangents. Me too. Well, I did. And yeah. I'm sorry. I no, no, up. I'm absolutely not, uh, not, not, not bored anybody. No, no. But yeah. And the other one is, um, where people struggling to sleep, I yeah. use meditation to help me sleep and it works every night. Oh God. Everything you're saying is in that book. I, I've struggled with sleep for years and I used to be on sleeping tablets and then I started to meditate. I came off them. I was on a very high dosage and I was on them for years, these tablets, and they were terrible, terrible medication, you know. Um, but again, another topic for next time. So, um, yeah, Sandy, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, sir. So this has been The Midnight McBride Show, show number 14, Sandy, the man Holt, and... As usual, if you subscribe to this channel, you'll get every episode. There's going to be at least one a week. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram. The book's available in about 12 places on Amazon and Booktopia and Goodreads, etc. And you can also get the audio boot, which is available on Audible and iTunes. I'm going to leave you with a quote now from the book, which is from Pills to Peace by me, Midnight McBride. And I'm going to leave you with a quote this week from the book From Pills to Peace by Midnight McBride. And once understood, freedom is an unstoppable force because it is born of the mind. Freedom is not about your situation, whether you're in a building, have you got walls around you? It's about your mindset. And even with lockdown and things being quite difficult for a period, 
if you get your head in the right space and focus on the positives, we can see now that things are getting better and there's light at the end of the tunnel. This has been Midnight McBride and I'll see you next time. Shalom. Thank you.